You're listening to Grit Files. I'm Mark Ludbrook, your host, and welcome to File 4. Each weekly episode, you will meet incredible people from around the world. Each one of these people has been through some traumatic event that has resulted in the loss of a limb. These are true stories of resilience, passion, perseverance, and grit. Be aware this does contain graphic content. This week, I've got Gord Tuck. A young logger's life changes in seconds. An accomplished athlete, an inspiring man. In his words, I evolved from this. All right, well, I'm here with Gord Tuck from Lake Cowichan, British Columbia, Canada. Um, Gord and I have known each other for 30 plus years, but uh, I'd like to talk to Gord about the day that really changed the whole direction of your life. In our situation, it's it's about the day you had the accident. Yeah, Mark, it was uh, uh, it was a long weekend. It was the first day back to work, uh, May 22nd, 1991. And it was about 2.30 in the afternoon on uh, on that day. And I was, uh, was working as a logger. We were falling trees, cutting the limbs off of them. And from there, they were loading them onto a logging truck. And I was cutting a, about a four-foot diameter log in, in half. And I was cutting away with my saw there, and I heard something. Wasn't sure what it was. Looked around, didn't see nothing. Just a big dust bowl where we were. Heard something again. Turned around, looked, and there was a log loader squished me between the the log and the and the machine. From from there, uh, basically just about cut both of my legs right off. One was one was kind of hanging there, and the other one was cut to the bone. But uh, well, when the skitter backed into you, I mean, did you know it was happening? The last minute I saw it, and I I had nowhere to go. So I, I tried to dive over this log the last second, and, uh, and as I was diving over the log, it crushed both my legs, which turned out to be fortunate because if I wouldn't have jumped that couple of feet, he would have just crushed me in half. So by, by getting up that couple of feet on top, it, wow. you know, it never crushed my pelvis. It got me just below, below you know, in the top of my legs there. So, um Wow. So, you know, that, that sort of instinctive move, right? The sort of yeah. move that you made is what kind of saved your life, yeah. huh? Yeah, it got me up high enough that, uh, that the counterweight was, you know, crushed my legs rather than right through the center of me. Shit. Okay. Um, you know, did you have someone on site come running to you or were you like yeah, I know the, there on the ground? I mean, what happened? There. Yeah, immediately, you know, I was, they kind of propped me up and I was, uh, you know, I looked at my legs and I'm like, Instantly, I said to him, I said, I just lost both my legs. And, and my partner I was working with, he says, no, 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 you're, you're going to be fine. I says, I says, look at me. I says, they were both, well, one was off on a weird angle, and they were both swollen, blood everywhere, right? And I you know, but it was kind of, it was a weird feeling because I, I felt I was going to be okay, but even though I, I looked a mess, right? And, uh, you know, I was said, I just, I just lost my legs, right? But, you know, not thinking that I'm going to die. I'm just thinking, oh, I just lost my legs. And then, yeah, they quickly, they, they saved me by stopping the bleeding as best they can. Knowing that wouldn't make an ambulance, uh, somebody to come get us, they actually threw me in a pickup and called for an ambulance and we met them en route. Wow, that's, that's something else. I mean, really, when you think about it, um, you know, what I'm asking you to do is to relive probably one of the most traumatic events in your life right so uh thank you for that uh um i mean were, did you lose consciousness were you awake the whole time or four or five hours until i went into the final surgery i remember the ambulance ride to duncan they uh they sent me in there doctors looked at me told me they couldn't save my leg there but there was a chance in uh, if they shipped me to victoria 
Um, I said, you know, I, I didn't even hesitate. I said, well, ship me. And they're like, you know, you're in pretty bad shape. You don't think you'll make the trip, right? And, uh, I, you know, being 18 years old at the time, I'm like, you know, you know, your legs are everything, right? You're like, I don't care. Like, just, just send me, send me. I, you know, I'd rather, <laughs> you know, take that chance. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to be without a leg at that point. You know, I'm thinking, you know, life would be over. But, uh, yeah, no, sure. they sent me to Victoria and uh, we went into surgery there. And like you say, they reattached the leg shortly after the right. surgery was done. They say, yeah, my, my parents had gone home. They told them to go home and rest for the night. And I don't think they were even home by the time they got a phone call that said that I was back in surgery and uh, they were going to remove the leg. And uh, Right. Wow. You know, at what point did you realize that they said, I mean, did a doctor come in and tell you, Gordon, say, we're going to have to do this? We're going to have to remove your leg? Or were you conscious for that? Or In the hospital there, we discussed it because I was, you know, I was – conscious and uh you know they said you know you got this kind of percentage chance uh we can't save it we just don't have the the technology here to do that um or the doctors available at the time um you know they said you got this kind of survival rate you know that you'd make the trip to or to victoria we discussed all of that and you know i said let's let's send me i you know i want to take the chance right and uh and there, the doctor actually that was there at the uh, at the time he rode in the ambulance with me, and we've been we've been great friends ever since. <laughs> um, you know, I suppose you kind of owe part of your life to this guy. He made the decision, and you know yep, that's that's definitely. an important person, right? Wow. Okay, when they said to you, you know, this is what it's going to be. We're going to have to do this, which in this case was we're going to have to remove the leg. What, what was your, you know, what was your initial was, you know, thought? Initial thought was, uh, you know, I wanted to save it the whole time, right? That was my, my theory, head to Victoria, you know, and then basically I, once they knocked me out to reattach the leg, then I never even came, you know, I didn't even realize what was going on after I come out and then, you know, they just made the decision to remove it because, you know, it was remove the leg or, or lose me, right? Because things were going downhill quickly. I, uh, I, I came to out and in and out a few times, uh, you know, after the surgery. And I remember having various, you know, small talk conversations with the doctors, you know, who was, you know, playing in the NHL playoffs and things. And, you know, we never talked about leg or anything. And when I did finally come to, yeah, they, they just wanted to say, you know, this is, this has happened before you try and climb yourself out of bed and fall on the floor here, you know, <laughs> the legs. The leg's gone, right? Which in this case is just basically the end of yeah. the bed. You look down and there's only one foot yeah, there. Yeah, I remember that. Like it it's definitely was mentally hard to get over that fact that this is the way it was was going to be, right? At first you think, well, man, life's over, right? This is, you know, life as I know it anyhow is, is over, right? So it's, yeah, it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, sadness, sorrow over the whole thing to start with. Luckily for me, you know, I've had some great friends and support groups and, you know, support to quickly overcome that, uh, that and move on with, with life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Huge part of, of being able to bounce back quickly. Right. Is, is that those people around you who give you the strength. Um, was there anyone particular in your family that was your crutch that was there for you? Um, you know, as a key person in, in, in your recovery and even the, even the initial days that was your go-to uh, you know, right, emotional right rock. From the get-go, like when I was in the hospital, like I had, 
you know, I had, you know, I had a get well card with 300 plus signatures on it, right? Just a massive card from friends from town and school and endless, I had visitors endlessly while, you know, I was in, you know, recovering. It was just multiples day after day. There's, there's lots, lots of close friends and uh, it's, it, it all helps. Right. And then, of course, uh, you know, it's, yeah, there's just this network of support. That was key to get, get back going again. Right. Absolutely. You know, was there one person there that, uh, that uh, was, you well, know, was there, you know, both, you know both day in, day out? Worked at the time full time and both of them would be there every day after work the whole time, you know, I was, I was recovering, right? They'd, they're eight, 10 hours and then drive an hour yeah. to Victoria, spend the rest of the night there, go home, go back to work. You know, they were both, you know, nonstop, yeah. but yeah, I had lots of friends. You know, same thing. It's I had a multitude. I was lucky. I was very fortunate. I had lots of people to to lean on there. Sure. And I was in the general ward for two weeks, and then the doctors decided it would be best to get me out of there and just have a nurse come to my house and change bandages and and get me out of there. Get me out of you know all this sure you know, sad and depressed people and do out and and away yeah. and and active or. Yeah, fantastic. He he gets it, right? He could see this. Here's a young man who uh, who really wants to get on with it, and that's surrounded by sick yeah, sick yeah. people so is I, probably not the place to be, right? Oh no. So I, you know, the, did they? Had a couple more months. Yeah, go ahead. Being at home, um, you know, while wounds healed and you know nurses coming, and then then I was sent to rehab, like to get my strength back. I had lost sixty pounds from being in the hospital. Right. Wow. Well, okay. So, you know, here you go. You, you've, you've been through this trauma. You've got this amazing network of people around you. You know, you go in a mess fighting for your life. You come back, you know, this sort of unknown journey ahead of you. At what point did you associate this, you know, this, uh, you know, this injury with your reality? And in a sense, you know, look, looking down at, you know, at your, you know, your stump to say, okay, that's me now. Or was that instantaneous? No, you're right in there going, having a look at it. Beginning, yeah, you're, you're hope you're dreaming, right? You hope you're, you know, it's, uh, it's not true, right? It's, yeah, no, you're, you're definitely, uh, you know, wishing things would be different and, you know, hate to look at it, but, uh, you know, time, you know, time heals and uh, eventually, you know, you, you, you start to, yeah. you start to say, well, you know, I, I got to, you know, I can lie here or I, you know, you make the best of what you got, right? And you got to kind of, you know, move on. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting, you know, point you make, Gordo. You know, because here we go, we have basically a crossroads when you have, a, you know, a trauma like that. Whereas, you know, you can either choose to buy yourself a really nice couch um, and a big, big screen TV and sit on it, and and that's how you're going to be, or you go the other way, uh, which is, you know, what I'm going to grab this thing and I'm going to keep moving forward. And, you know, that's really at the decision someone's, someone makes at this stage. It's clear to me which direction, which road you took. Do you think that people who are in that situation, that, that grit that you have, that decision to, to go for it and to embrace it, do you think you were born with that? Or is that something just was triggered by this, you know, this, ac was, this accident? You know, that was, that was the time to, that, you know, probably triggered it, right? Because it was yeah, you know, I was a pretty quiet, shy guy growing up, you know, thinking this is life. I was just kind of coming out of my shell at that point. And then uh, and this happens, right? And you, you know, think, well, if life could be over or, you know, you're either going to crawl back into it or you're going to you know, evolve. And uh, yeah, for me, I think it, I evolved from that. And, uh, 
and moved moved on right it just kind of you got to make the best of it and uh and and carry on right yeah and so you you feel comfortable you accepted it pretty right away and then i mean you know being fitted for the first leg yeah yeah right? i remember the, the do you remember those days leg and uh and yeah it was uh fall on my face a hundred times because it uh you stepped on a marble on the road there a rock and the knee would buckle and down you'd go and <laughs> it's uh yeah, no, I remember that. But being able to, to walk again was was an unreal feeling, right? Be able to to uh, get out of the wheelchair, get off the crutches, and uh, and actually take a few steps. Yeah, what was what was it like in your first sort of, I guess your first yeah, public no, the, appearance? What was that like? With, without without the leg, you know, like you're you're on crutches, you're 18, you know, you're a strapping, handsome young man, and all of a sudden. You're yeah, like, no, okay, this is me. This is uh, the new me. Like you said, I, I got released out of the hospital coming home, and one of my best friends was coming home from Japan at this the same day. So they kind of had a, you know, a, all a bunch of our friends had a, you know, they had a welcome home party for the two of us, right? And, you know, and as like you said, to 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 be back with your friends, and even though, you know, this is, this is the new me, right? You know, we still laugh and joke and, you know, if, things haven't changed, right? We're still the same, you know, I'm still the same guy, right? And, uh, you know, even though I looked a bit different, no, you know, everybody's, you know, everybody's more worried about what, what uh, you're going to think than uh, what they're going to think, right? So it, it was, it went well. And, uh, and we said, yeah, we just kind of, they just moved right on and we jumped right back into where, where we were, you know, prior to this. You're out there, uh, you know, you're getting around, um, you know, you're probably a bit of a celebrity in town, right? You've escalated to celebrity status. I'm assuming yeah. Lake Cowichan isn't a big town and, uh, you know, that is your hometown. So you've now, you know, you're in the newspaper because of this, the accident you've recovered, you're now a, basically a community figure in a way. And so what, what was the, you know, what was the next step as far as Gord, and, and moving into, you know, sport or, or other physical challenges. What, what was your, you know, what was your next sort of um, milestone as far as, for, for me, it was you know, like this change to get, you know, I'd lost so much weight and muscle mass. And in the beginning, so, you know, I'd come home and, and uh, was to get, get yourself into shape, you know, you know, doctors and physios were saying, you know, you gotta, you gotta build some muscle back up and stuff. So I would start, I start uh, wheeling in my wheelchair, and I'd, you know, I'd start. I'd have some friends. They'd they'd run alongside, and I'd I'd go for, you know, start out small, but you know, build up to, you know, 10k or so in in a wheelchair, wheeling around, right, trying to, and then, uh, and then, sure, you know, I I got once I had kind of got that, and I was into to rehab, and we were we were fitted with a prosthetic. Um, you know, I had a very good uh, physiotherapist there, and he'd been around a long time, and he'd seen a lot of a lot of ugly stuff. And you know, he sat me down and said, you know, he he knew my background. He knew I was a very active guy beforehand. And he says, you know what, you'll have success with this sport, this sport, this sport. This sport's going to be really tough. This is going to be really tough. I suggest you don't try this. I said, you don't try this. And uh, you know, he he laid it out, and uh, and uh, so snow skiing was was one of the sports he says you know you were a pretty good skier beforehand he says you know i think you'd have pretty good success with that so i uh my accident was may and december that same year i uh, i hit the slopes with uh and tried snow skiing wow fantastic well we know what happened there well i know what happened there 
I don't think anybody who's listening knows exactly what happened there, but maybe you can, uh, you know, obviously you're back into the slopes. That, and that would have been, been um, what, 92? So yeah, right at the end of the year, I was, I was home okay. from rehab for, for a couple of weeks and uh, I thought, well, let's give this a try. So I, I phoned up the, the local disabled skiers and said, I wanted to borrow a pair of those ski thingies. I called them and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I was going to try skiing. Yeah. They said, well, you better come up. We'll, we'll, we'll take you out. And I was like, well, I don't know. I, I said, you know, and they, so they, 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 they met me there and uh, you know, told me, uh, you know, standing there said this, you know, this is kind of what we do. And uh, then we went out onto the slopes and I went from uh, straight down the bunny hill, right on past down to the green chair and uh, up the green chair for a couple of runs. And uh, by the second day I was uh, skiing blue runs with my friends. <laughs> One of the keys that got my life back on track is because you know, I can do things with my friends again, right? I wasn't nearly as, you know, I wasn't at that point nearly as good as I was, but I was out, I was having fun and, you know, with my buddies. And that was, that was great. And when I got back yeah. to rehab after Christmas, I told him what happened and my physios, he looked at me and he said, pack your bags. And I said, what do you mean? He says, go home. He says, I want you to go home and I want you to ski the rest of the winter, come back here for a checkup every couple of weeks he says, and uh, I think you should just do that for your rehab. So that's what I did for the rest of the winter. Yeah, right. Fantastic. Your cross training, what were you doing in the summer? I, I started riding mountain bikes, uh, not so much on the trails in the beginning, but, uh, you know, easier terrain. Uh, started on the roads and then into the, into the single track. But, uh, yeah, I got into that to get into lower body fitness. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, we should probably – hear hear some of your your you know your successes with uh with ski racing and uh with team canada and, and representing uh the country proudly yeah so maybe so you can walk us through that journey 92 you know i started competing with the bc team uh did some bc game stuff that year uh 95 i was one of the first disabled athletes to compete in the canada winter games a uh, few select uh, athletes were chosen to to compete there and uh so that was uh basically the first of its kind with the integration and uh you know 96 97 uh you know those were good times we uh you know national team made the national team at that time and uh, started the world cups you know we had yeah. nagano in 98 uh in 2000, uh, World Championships, won a silver medal in the downhill. Yeah, Luddy was there with Yeah, me. you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. It was a great day. And, and uh, I know, you know, in typical Gord Tuck, um, which Tuck is by far the best uh, surname for a ski racer, uh, I would say you're being very modest in your, you know, performances and results. But uh Maybe you could uh, walk us through. That was on Zare. Was that on Zare in Switzerland? And, uh, was that, yeah. Was that worth no, it? I, I still remember that day too. And, uh, you know, I, I woke up that morning just feeling so confident. It was, it was, it was just this unreal feeling that morning. And uh, I remember walking to the lift and old, uh, and, you know, speaking of the old timers, Jerry Johnson was there and he says, uh, he goes, Gordon, how's it going this morning? I says, Jerry, I can't figure out what hat I should wear on the podium today. 
And uh, he says, where's the black one? I says, okay, sounds good. And sure enough, I says, well, at the end of the day, like you said, it just, it just, I woke up that morning and I just, everything felt right. It was great. <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps because uh, that was your attitude every day. You know, you're always super positive and always had a giant smile on your face. Uh, I mean, who, who wouldn't when you're a ski racer, right? Could you think about training any, any other sport where you're first up the lift yeah. and, you know, and you get the whole mountain to yourself. Rise from the top um, of the, the Swiss Alps, you know. right? So, so keep, keep going. T tell me about, uh, about yeah, the next so four years or next two I years started, from now. Uh, I started water skiing quite a bit as well, too. So, you know, I was now skiing 12 months of the year. So I, uh, not competing yet with water skiing, but started, you know, starting to put, you know, starting to get half decent at it. Right. And then, you know, we're, uh, in the next couple of years in 2003, I won a bronze medal for water skiing in the world championships. Um, so now I'm a, a 12 month a year skier, you know, I've now medaled in winter and summer world championships. Uh, Salt Lake City's right in between there too. You know, that was a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal event down there too. Um, you know, it was, there was great times. It was, uh, absolutely. Did you retire after I 2002 on, or I you kept World going, didn't you? Four in for, for snow skiing in Austria by the, by 2005, I had started my own business. I, uh, I had a daughter that was a year old. I had gotten married. We built a house and I was burnt out. Like trying to be 12 months of the year, plus run a business, plus yeah. run a family. I, doctors were wanting to break my leg and realign my knee because I was having knee troubles. I was having shoulder problems. And I just kind of, I sat back and I'm like, like I said, I, I, I got to give something up here. Right. I'm, you know, at this point, I, I got a lot of years left and I can barely walk with, with all, with my good, with my good limbs. Right. So, um, yeah, so I, I retired in, uh, just before Torino, uh, Paralympics in, uh, end of 05, start of 06. Yeah. Right. Well, what a, what a fantastic career, mate. Congratulations. Cause I know, uh, you know, you're, uh, a, a big part of the team and, and probably, well, near the end of it, you would have been, you know, one of the, uh, the old soldiers on there sort of, you know, edging people on and saying, you know, good work to the, to the younger up and comers. So, uh, you know, congratulations on a fantastic ski career. And, you know, also your, your business, uh, I know that you're, um, you're in logging trade, yeah, you're do, uh, big, uh, big machines. Full, Is that right? Stumped them logging. Uh, so harvesting, you know, hauling the whole works. We got, uh, residential construction. So we're doing subdivisions for like for roads and services and things. So we're kind of, we got a, we got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> That's fantastic. Gord. I know, like I say, I, I, I watched uh, some of your um, posts on Facebook and there's always a big machine involved with, uh, with your name on the branded on the side of it. So immensely proud to know you and, uh, and, uh, and also, you know, to, to celebrate the success of you and your family and your, and your wife and, um, you know, obviously your extended family, very proud of you. You know, let me ask you, if, if you could turn back the clock and you look over your shoulder and look at all the things that have happened since, you know, that, that day in, uh, was it May? Yeah. That day in May. What I mean, what would no, you, would I, you change it? You know, I look back at this and, you know, from, from what I've got to experience, like most people don't get to experience that. Right. It's, it's so 
I, I'd never give up all those good times for anything, right? You know, I'm, I'm still, you know, I was working in the forest industry back in 91. I'm still working in the forest industry now. You know, I, I own the company now. Um, but, you know, those times, like all that, you know, all the training and the, the skiing, it, it's, it's built who I am, right? It's uh, all that dedication and hard work. Yeah. It's, that's just the way I am. I, I, I work harder than, you know, my business. I'm the guy in the ditch digging the hole, like instead of the machine, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the guy to sit back and, you know, and watch. I, I'm just hands on. Let's, let's get her done. Right. I'm, you know, typically, uh, you know, working harder yeah. than anybody else leading by example. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a sign of a great leader. And, and, uh, you know, that's who I remember you to be, yeah. right? No one's going to outwork me, <laughs> right? I'd try, yeah. but it wouldn't. It just, yeah, it was futile. Um, but certainly, uh, I know that between you and I, we, you know, we roomed together in a number of events. And for quite a while, we did, we were roommates uh, at events. And, um, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I was always, you know, I was always trying to make sure that I was neck and neck with you and everything. Right. And because uh, you were, you know, I knew that you had uh, you had some tricks up your sleeve and you're a strong, a strong motherfucker. So I was really into, you know, motivated by your motivation, which is really something. It's always good to have teammates like that. And, yeah. No, uh, other and people inspiring you along the way. Right. And I, you know, you know, you're you were part of the reason why, you know, if you push me too, right. You know, we're all work together and we're all we're all chasing each other and helping each other. And I think it, it elevated, it elevated us all. We had, we had quite the great team. while when we were together. Yeah, it was a solid, it's a very powerful team back then. I, I, uh, I would hope that, uh, um, that those in the know actually can reflect back on that. But, uh, you know, once again, I want to thank you for sharing the details and, and, and walking me through, you know, not only that day, but your journey back and, and in fact, an immensely successful person. Uh, you know, you've got this fantastic attitude that's just continues. I can hear it over the phone, 15,000 kilometers away from Australia here. I can just hear that you are, you know, you know, not a 2.0, but a 5.0 version of Gord Tuck. So it's pretty awesome to hear you. If, if there was something that, you know, once again, the, the reason we're doing this podcast is, and that um, there's so many people out there who, who have had some sort of trauma, traumatic incident where the end result is a limb loss. And, you know, you start that journey and you really don't know what's ahead. But if you were to give anybody any advice about, you know, how to deal with, you know, the shit that's going to come down the pipe, what, what would you say and, and what sort of, you know, what words oh, of wisdom you would know, you give them, Gord? But you say every, everybody's got their struggles, right? And you, you got to make the best of what you got. And, you know, life goes on. You, it's your choice. You know, you can make the best of it or you can sit around and, and, you know, and feel sorry for yourself. Right. You know, it's, it's, you know, it doesn't come easy though. Right. So you, you, you gotta want it. You gotta want to work at it. And, you know, if you're willing to work at it, you know, sky's the limit, like just keep going. Like it's, uh, you know, you know, if I set my mind to something, you know, I, I'm, it's going to happen. Right. Is <laughs> I'm going to die trying or it's going to happen. Right. So it just, just don't give up, right? Just, just keep moving and don't yeah. give up. That's a fantastic advice, Gord. And, uh, and I want to just, uh, once again, thank you. Congratulations on a fantastic life. You are a role model and inspiration. Uh, and without, you know, and I know you're very modest about it, but mate, Thanks, you make Mark. a difference. And I want to thank you again. That was another amazing story of grit. 
And you were listening to Gord Tuck out of Lake Cowichan, Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada, a beautiful part of the world. you got to get yourself there. I'm Mark Lepperg, your host, and I want to thank each and every one of you for having a listen to that and maybe the other episodes of Grit Files. That was episode four. Lots more on the way, but if you know someone who'd like to be on the show, contact me at gritfiles at gmail.com. Also, you know, thank you for sharing Grit Files on Facebook and Instagram. It makes a big difference to the listenership, and I think there's a lot of people that could benefit from hearing these great stories. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Be gritty.